0: Welcome. I am so thrilled that you are here and I'm excited to share with you this next interview that I did with a very old friend of mine, Trevor Wynn. His story is both entertaining, his laugh is contagious and Very humbling and raw in what he went through, and I am excited to share it with you. But before I dive in, I wanted to let you know of a few things that I have upcoming. The first is a heart-opening retreat that I am doing October 21st through 24th in Springdale, Utah, which is right outside Zions National Park. And I am co-facilitating this with my beautiful friend, Holly Semenoff. And this is a retreat that we both hold very, very close to our hearts as it's a heart opening retreat, as this is a place in how we get to really move through the world. Did you know that your intuitive mind and your intuitive brain actually lives within the heart and that you never know your true potential if you do not open your heart? This is where the seat of the, the, our God brain lives. The seat of our soul lives within the heart. And often we move through the world from our heads and not our heart. And really this retreat will be a place of being able to look into those places within, expand, heal, have congruence within the head and the heart, and really take tools with you that will last a lifetime. This is a life-changing retreat and one that if you are feeling a soul's call to really step into more of who you are and what you're capable of, I highly recommend you head over to my website, AmandaJoyLoveland.com forward slash upcoming and see more details and get registered. I believe I have one private room left and a few bunk beds left. Also, I am thrilled to announce that I have a date for my Leaving Religion course. This is a 13-week course that will start November 9th. I am limiting this to 14 people total with maybe three to four people that I will offer um, availability for more of a VIP kind of private Um, experience with weekly individual private sessions with me along with the group aspects that we will all be experiencing together. This again launches November 9th. And the desire that I have with this course is really to assist you in fast tracking your healing process. Often when we leave religion, it takes years to really heal and unwind the programming, the constructs that are held in the DNA, the energetic holding and binds, and from doing temple ordinances and whatnot that are sitting and hanging out in the energetic system. So we will be addressing so many different avenues, so many different topics and really healing, unwinding and being able to move through your transition out of religion with as much ease and grace as possible. This is specifically connected with the Mormon religion and if you're leaving the Mormon church. And again, like my podcast, this is not a place of where we're going to dissect what is wrong with the Mormon church, but really take ownership in why you chose it, what were the gifts that you learned, and how to move forward, and how to move forward with love and how to move forward again from that hard space. So if you're interested in this course, I highly recommend you go to my website as well, amandajoylevlandcom forward slash leaving religion course. And both of these websites, I will put in the show notes for you. If you are interested in both, let me know. Reach out to me through email or through social media, and I will get you a discount. If you sign up for my Leading a Religion course, you can get $100 off the retreat, assuming there is space available. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Trevor Wynn. Well, welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you. We
0: finally, after some technical (laughs) difficulties, we're finally recording. Thank God. Um, I am sitting here with Trevor Wynn, yeah. who we haven't seen each other since high school, so it was it was funny opening the door and being like, oh my God, how many <laughs> years has it been? Only a few.
1: Only a few, yeah.
0: <laughs> We're not going to talk about how old we are. <laughs> As, and we agreed, age is just a number.
1: It is. It's just a construct that we yeah. make up. So,
0: so right. welcome. I'm <laughs> so you. glad you're here. <laughs> Me too. And I'm glad that we kind of reconnected and connected to have you sitting here and you saying yes and leaning into sharing your story because you have quite an interesting story. Yeah,
1: it's interesting to me for sure. <laughs> well, the things that you've already shared with me a little bit, I'm like, yes, I
0: can't, I can't wait. So you and I went to high school together. Like, did yeah. we do junior well, high?
1: Do even. is it elementary elementary too down to elementary yeah so really i feel
0: like we should know each other a lot better (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) and we don't
1: kids don't really dive into the deep issues (laughs)
0: no no we don't oh so but we both grew up in utah county yeah super fun Mm -hmm. so what was your what is your mormon story what is your
1: yeah so i mean i grew up mormon right uh born and raised lds family everybody's still lds in my family or whatever the proper terminology is now um
0: I know. I don't even know. They keep changing. I I just still say Mormon or LDS and people know what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) So I feel good with that. That's my approach too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I grew up with going to church and, um, we got to, went through high school and I was kind of, I got a little wild in high school. Um, For the
0: record, I don't remember any of that, so... (laughs)
1: Okay, good, good. (laughs) I already mentioned that I was a little insecure about some of that. (laughs) I don't
0: remember (laughs) any of it.
1: But, um, yeah, so I got a little wild in high school, but then I, you know, got my stuff together and... Um, my, my parents, they were, they're so funny. I, or one Christmas, like right before I turned 19, they gave me 12 white shirts for Christmas. That's what I got. Oh, so (laughs) I was going on a mission, right? right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, or that was all I was going to wear for the next couple of years. But, um, (laughs) so yeah, so I, I wound up going on a mission. I I waited a little while and kind of thought through it and decided I did want to do it. I went to the Philippines and it is Top five best experiences of my life.
0: Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah. I love that.
1: It was incredible. Um, and then I came back and started college, and was still and in, heavily involved in the church, and served in callings, and um, got married in the temple. Yeah, um, did that, and then um, I was actually working at the church um, as I went through college, and I worked actually really closely with the leadership of the church. I was uh, in their security division.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. You have know, such a cool story. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so, so I saw, you know, a lot of the things in the facility that people are always curious about. Um, no, there's really no secrets there, by the way. It's oh. just... It's, I was going to say, do you care to share? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it just is what it is. I mean, there's no like, there's nothing crazy going on there. It's just people running a business and... Yeah. and worshiping and you know it's uh-huh. but it was cool i got to see i got to see the inner workings yeah. um from both a people standpoint and a facility standpoint so i did that for a couple of years and you had to be temple worthy to do that mm-hmm. and <clears throat> but then me and my ex-wife um got to a point where we just weren't I I felt like I was living in hypocrisy. Like the the where my mind and heart was going was not aligning with the church, mm-hmm. and we kind of we started talking. And some of this I don't I don't even it's been so long I don't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but I don't remember how long those conversations occurred for. But there were some things that happened with my ex wife and and the church and some like disciplinary councils and and. I went to her defense and these things. And I was basically told by the the leadership that because I went to their defense that I was going to lose my status. Interesting. So I didn't really agree with that because I do I really love the values that the church had about family and yeah. spouses and protecting your spouses. And I I adhered to that in my opinion over what I was being told mm-hmm. um, at that level. So so um, in that process, we got a little sour and um, decided that eventually just decided that we were going to leave. and then I didn't want to do it um, half ass. Like we decided, and then we literally took everything, like took our garments off and we were done. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the point. And, and that that happened, but then we were doing it in secret like I saw I felt really uncomfortable telling my family I didn't know how to cross that bridge and my friends even so we lived in secrecy about that f- with the exception of a few people for quite some time and mm. then we eventually got divorced within about within a year of that yeah. occurrence and so that that divorce kind of put me out into the world and people then the way I chose to live my life at that point people started to know that yeah. I was no longer mormon you know, and not practicing the the faith. So
0: you don't feel like your divorce was because of leaving Mormonism, was it, or no. was it just other things that were kind of building up towards it? No, I okay. do
1: feel like, however, though, that that was people would point at that, like, right, like, oh, and that's you, why I'm bringing yeah, it up
0: because yeah. that's normally people cause and effect. People assume, oh, well, you left, you and, left God's church, and so
1: so you're being punished or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, no, there was there was that. Now, I mean, I've. In, in my head, I, I listened to your podcast. I mentioned, but like I'm not probably as I I haven't maybe thought through this as much as some of the people have. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that they they would say if they were
0: sitting here that they were. I wouldn't. I don't
1: but, know that they would. Um, I I left the church probably not all for the for the healthiest greatest reasons. A lot of it was ego driven. Yeah. To be honest, if I you know if I'm just really being transparent. But I've learned that just because you do something maybe for what people might call the wrong reasons. Like it, it didn't make it wrong for me in the long run. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. So now
1: I'm, now I have the opportunity of looking back and piecing my life back together and going that, you know, that actually worked. That makes sense. And I I can make this work moving forward. And so, so yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those decisions were ego driven. I mean, my, just my feelings were hurt, right. Like by those leaders that challenged me. That's an ego that was an ego driven move on my part i mm-hmm. mean and and so I challenged them back and 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 I resented them and rebellion and resentment go hand in hand right mm-hmm. so that was that was my thing and then additionally um you know i I decided I was going to swing the pendulum hard, so I got really heavily involved in uh, alcohol and mm-hmm. you know um, and eventually became an alcoholic. Hmm. So that's that part of my story, and coming back to where I am today is is really getting through that. But when I heard your, I actually, I just read the title of your of your podcast, and I thought that makes sense to me. So because it's you know leaving religion and the people you leave behind, is mm-hmm. it,
0: and those we leave or behind. those we
1: leave behind, right? Yeah. And I I I thought about that, and I just thought through my process. Like I wish that I would have given people a little more credit, right? That I chose as, as I was leaving religion, I chose, I predetermined who I was going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really give them enough credit, you know? And I, I burnt bridges and cut ties and damaged relationships that I didn't really have to. Yeah, And I thought about it and it, it, it was when I was reading it, I'm thinking about it. There's people in my life right now that I know are in a similar spot as I was, mm. and I'm thinking, "Geez, I wish they could know." You know, yeah. So, sorry. Don't be. Th- <laughs> don't be
0: sorry. Um. I is good.
1: Okay. I do. I'm a quiet talker. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're okay. Closer to the
0: mic because I don't Kay. want it to be quiet on the.
1: It's a, it's a that's a practice I learned in church. Speak quiet, people listen. Speak Uh-oh. loudly, everybody ignores you.
0: Really, I've never heard that.
1: <laughs> the speakers at the pulpit—if um. they want you to listen, they talk quietly. Well,
0: <laughs> we can have a conversation about that, but we'll not. We'll sidebar. Yeah, that. you
1: don't have to agree with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just you know that that rang really true to me. Um, that. I just – I wanted anybody that's in – is it going through this right now where they're contemplating leaving their religion and and trying to navigate the waters of how that's going to affect their lives in the long run? Like, Especially it, with the family, right? Yeah, the family and the friends. I mm. mean – um, for me personally, what happened, and part of the reason why I, I brought up the the idea of alcoholism and recovery and addiction as a whole, really, is um, I isolated myself so much in my own mind that addiction was the only coping mechanism that I could use mm-hmm. to deal with it. Right. And, you know, there's, I don't know, are you familiar with Johan Hari? Mm-mm. He, He's he's famous in the recovery world, but he talks about how like addiction, um, basically uh, connection and addiction are the opposites of one another. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. cure for addiction is not isolation or you know, but it's it's connection. Yeah. And um, and anyway, so that was I had severed my ability to make connections because I had predetermined who I was going to leave behind so um yeah so that was anyways I I really I really felt like it was important to reach out to you because like I said i had seen you around and I had sometimes I get a little shy (laughs) um uh, and I just thought well this seems right this seems right to to say something and and
0: well I'm uh, glad you did and like I told you it's you know all of us I don't care where we are at on our journey we have this social media platform where we think somebody's a certain way or whatever it is it's like you know doing this took a lot for me i'll say it took a lot of courage and kind of a leap of faith yeah. to do this podcast and so it's kind of i love i love it when people reach out because it makes me feel like okay what i'm doing is helpful because i don't i don't know unless people reach out you know <laughs> yeah, i'll hear things yeah. here and there but so i really appreciate you reaching out
1: yeah yeah no I'm- um, so yeah, that was kind of the the. I mean, that was the beginning of the end for me, and as far as religion went, you know, and and I, I swung the pendulum really hard, meaning like I I just left all my faith and behind, and and a lot of this I'm you know as I'm thinking through this, I might be a better example of how not to do things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> and yeah, it's led you to where you're at now, and I right. would imagine that everything you went through has helped you grow knowledge and abilities and gifts and ex- through that experience. And you wouldn't have that unless you had gone through it. Yeah. So i I think everybody's journey is so unique and such a personal thing that there's no right. I was taught long ago, there's no right or wrong to our path. Cause I think a lot of times, especially when you're leaving religion, we think there's a right or a wrong way to, to, to be. And it's like really wherever you're at on your path is, the right way, because it's part of the experience you're choosing to have. You know, yeah. everything's a choice. And I think it's interesting that you said you chose to swing the pendulum. Did you really consciously go, screw it?
1: In a lot of ways, yeah.
0: Why? Yeah. Do you know why?
1: Um, Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> do,
0: you, do you care to share? You don't Resentment. have to. Resentment towards
1: towards the church and uh-huh. towards the people in the church and um and like said resentment is and rebellion are hand in hand they they always supersede one another.
0: Well, and yes, and though that act, especially consciously choosing to completely swing and then dive into alcoholism, is really numbing out, right? Yeah, and then really a huge self punishment.
1: Yeah, for for me, religion was an addiction, right? And what I've learned in my process of recovery from addiction is that – I don't know if this is true for everybody else in the world mm-hmm. that has that goes through this. But the amount of energy that you put into any addiction does not leave your body when you leave that addiction. Right. So, you have to put it into something else, yeah. right? And so, for me, religion was an addiction. It fed my ego. It was – it gave me those social connections that I, I needed and it gave me the um, – the recognition and the affirmations that I needed Mm -hmm. and the structure that I needed. I mean, a lot of, a lot of it was really healthy. I don't mean to paint it in a poor, in a Mm -hmm. poor light, but when, when I left it, then I needed to replace that energy. And it went for me at that point, because of where I was at in my life, it went into alcoholism, Mm -hmm. you know? And now as I leave alcoholism behind, then that energy, I I recognize now I have to do something with this energy. And that's kind of what we talked about. I, I started boxing and I started doing races and different things. Like I have to, and I have to lean into things quickly. Yeah. Like we, that was another whole part of our conversation is I learned that I can't wait for things to happen. I can't wait to give answers. Um, I have to have something next on the schedule because that's, that energy is inside me and mm-hmm. it just has to go to something productive or else it'll go to something destructive. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. so yeah. So, I left and um, my ex-wife and I got divorced and then I was swinging the pendulum hard and I was living my life in my twenties and doing fun stuff and drinking hard and down in the dating world for a couple of years. And then my wife and I current wife and I met and um, we, that was kind of the point where the true reality had to sink into my family, everybody that like, I'm not Mormon anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we moved in together, and that's like the big no-no, right? right
0: you're living in sin.
1: Yeah, so which is ev- next
0: to murder. <laughs> right.
1: I'm shaking my head <laughs> as I say this. Um, that was, and that was hard for everybody to accept. You know, like we'd go to family get-togethers, and it was like all the couples would couple up and go stay, like mm-hmm. stay in a room, and it'd be like, okay, you sleep out. On an air mattress, mm-hmm. and then somebody, and it, you know, it's like oh, okay, whatever. But we'll <laughs> so- <laughs> move past that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have now, luckily. So, uh that's- but yeah, that's. I mean, it was that was the point where it just kind of really came at ends. All right, I came at odds with my family, and it. It was, um, it's been really tough to navigate those relationships now. And I, we're in a really good spot now with my family, but it took years to rebuild. And those were some of the relationships that I chose to isolate from, which, you know, was silly, really. Like I should have given them a better chance. Mm-hmm. And, and so I won't call it a regret, but I'll call it a, you know, a learning experience that, like, and I hope other people will learn from it that you yeah. just, you don't have to isolate. Now, It they're, People will isolate from you mm-hmm. on their own, right? We don't have to isolate ourselves from anybody, mm-hmm. um, with by by choice, because as you change, your relationships just naturally evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And you know this, like it's so. People just kind of weed themselves out, and more people come in. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of those people that move back in, we're still Mormon people. Mm-hmm. They're just. Beautiful people and the relationships just worked because of where we were at. And so yeah. there was, you know, once I was open to just letting people in and out of my life and just connecting with them kind of organically, then I didn't have that void and I didn't have all those things that, you know, that addiction was filling for me. And yeah, that's what really kind of helped me start to drag out of, drag myself out of that mess, you know.
0: The connections were?
1: Yeah, the connections. And, yeah. and, 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 and down to like actually saving my life. Hmm. So yeah. The, I mean, it, it got pretty dark and I don't want to focus on the darkness really, but, um, but you know, there's a point where some of my friends, um, I was at work and I was, really struggling and I was really drunk and they knew and I was trying to hide it. And I, it was, it was coming to the end and I knew it, I could feel it. I could feel my life just draining out of me. I told mm-hmm. my wife, like I'm dying every day. Like, like, and those friends that I had made in the meantime, um, they, they just recognized it. And they came out and they pulled me out of my truck and they're like, dude, you need some help. You know? I was like man, you're right. I do. And probably only could have came from them. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody else could have done that. So yeah, I got help, mm-hmm. um, got some treatment, and uh, and I'm still friends with those guys today. And you know, they mean the world to me. <laughs> but but it, just being willing to to accept other people into my life at that level, where they could have that type of conversation with me, was yeah. just. I mean, it's just paid dividends for however long life goes on, it will, you know? So, yeah, so yeah, that was my, anyway, sorry, I get a little emotional about the recovery. Well, of
0: course you do. I mean, these are tender topics to talk about, especially when you're, when you're in some of the darkest moments of your life, it is very emotional.
1: Yeah. And I feel great now, you know, it's, Mm. I cry about it and I get sad about it because it, It reminds me of where I don't want to go and don't ever want to be again. But man, I, it just worked out, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and, but when I was leaving religion, I think originally it was so hard to see, just like with addiction, leaving addiction, it was so hard to see how life would look after. And I think that's what really slows people down Mm -hmm. in their process. Right. Like, like it, it's, to me it's kind of like i've i've heard this analogy with different things but like like if you think of like a yarn ball right like your life is like this big ball of yarn and it's made up of a whole different bunch of different pieces of yarn but the religion is just one thread of yarn or mm-hmm. string of yarn right and but when it's in that ball and you don't know where it entangles mm-hmm. and to unravel it it might unravel the whole ball oh yeah you know and so you you know if you can just take a second take a breath as you're in this state of think this is advice to myself you know 15 years ago yeah if i if i could just take a breath and try to think about like like where what's that gonna untangle you know and if as i try to remove this string from my from my life like what else is it gonna untangle it shouldn't stop you from doing it mm-hmm. because if you think about it there's so much there that makes up that ball of yarn you know it's just it's it really isn't going to change you and it doesn't have to change it's not going to change you in it will definitely change you but it won't change you in a way that is going to end things for you or be catastrophically you know life-ending or damage everything like it just it
0: can if that is your belief Sure, And I do want to caveat that. And in fact, True. I had someone that commented on a post that I had done on Facebook today that he said, it is fascinating how, and he's a therapist. He said, depending, when we get so rooted in our beliefs, it's what justifies our behavior. Hmm. So when we do hold on to, if I leave the Mormon church, then my family will it will die. My family will die. They will. It will. Then it will happen. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. But I love your analogy because that is... That is what people... That's why people have a hard time leaving is what else will this unravel? And I don't know if I can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really terrifying, right?
0: Yeah, it is. There's um, no question.
1: Yeah. So that was... Um, that's just just kind of picking through that yarn ball. And then in hindsight, realizing for me that it it was not a substantial piece of, of me. Like the... the val- religion piece the was... The religion piece wasn't... The, it, for me personally... It mostly caused more existential angst, right? Like I, I just felt this pressure and this need to be something that just didn't, f- it, I just couldn't become mm. I, there. I, I don't, maybe other people can become what the expectations are there, but for me, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. And, and it just caused that angst. So for me, not knowing what I'm going to become in the long run is more comforting, Mm-hmm. Like, I can accept that. Like, I'm okay not knowing. I don't need to know everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I didn't feel that way when I was Even growing women. up in religion. I felt like I had to know. In fact, it is one of my, uh, I won't call it, it's not necessarily an issue, but it's kind of a pet peeve, like saying, I know. Like, we get up in testimony meeting and you say, I know all these things. I know, I know, I know. My issue with that is not that you're saying it. My issue with that is that I was lying to myself mm-hmm. when I did it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm 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 telling my own self it's okay to lie to myself,
0: mm-hmm. and then there's an incongruence within the self.
1: Yeah, that yeah. that cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. is created, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, man, um, and so that for me created more angst than just being able to say, I don't know. Like my yeah. daughter asked me, "What do I think of God?". I don't know. I'll tell you what some people think. I haven't met him or her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I can give you some ideas of what I've learned, mm-hmm. you know, and my experience, and and I'm okay with that right now.
0: So, did God die for you then when you left religion, or do you feel like you never really had?
1: Yeah, no. There was in my mind back then. There was certainly a God
0: mm-hmm. or Heavenly Father. Or yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, and so there was definitely a death that occurred. How uh, was
0: that? Or did it, sounds like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like if using that analogy of the ball of yarn, you kind of just blew the, I want to say the effort yeah, up yeah. when you left. You're like, screw this, blowing it all up. So everything almost died Yeah, along with, 100%. as you're just swinging the pendulum, yeah. like screw it.
1: Yeah, it did. I mean, God died, family died, friends died. Marriage died. Marriage died. Um, yeah. You know, the whole like, I, I remember hearing this analogy is I was coming home from a mission like you did this worthy thing and the red carpet will be rolled out yeah. for you and your journey now is set mm-hmm. like that red carpet I torched that shit yeah
0: so, You're like, so screw this yeah there's no red carpet for me anymore <laughs>
1: um and you know but that so there was definitely a death that occurred to answer your question and mm. um and now I'm reconstructing my my relationship with a higher power.
0: So, how many years has it been since, um, really, since you left religion? And then, how yeah. long was your process, if you don't mind me asking, of going because th- go- and going through recovery is quite a process.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I left. Um, it's been about twelve or thirteen years since uh-huh. I left the church um, and religion as a whole, and. You know, probably only though in the last couple of years have I really accepted that there's just no going back, right? For me to the to that idea, right? Like, I, of religion, yeah. Because I, I think there was a part of me, and through the process of like trying to cope with alcoholism, like mm-hmm. there was a part of me that was hanging on to something that I didn't understand, right? And then, and now I, I can look at it and go no I don't there's nothing there for me you Mm -hmm. know like I don't and I don't have to feel bad about it people ask me I have that you have that pressure from friends and family that are still Mm -hmm. churchgoers that want It's like there's nothing there for me right now Mm -hmm. you know where I need what I need is in myself right you know so Mm -hmm. so that process is 12 13 years and then the recovery process I mean I started drinking the the day that my ex-wife and I decided we were leaving the church, I drove to the gas station and bought drinks. Oh, interesting! Yeah, and
0: It was a celebratory. It was yeah, gas station yeah. It drive. was like,
1: hey, we can do this now. Right. And I'm pretty sure we had coffee the next morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Garments off, coffee, <laughs> liquor,
1: <laughs> um, and. I will say, like, it was fun. We had fun. I had fun, even with alcohol as a whole. Like, I don't have a bad relationship with alcohol as far as the way I perceive it. I have, I personally have a bad relationship with it. But I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh I think it's a tool. So we had great fun for a while. And then me and my current wife had great fun with it for a while. But it just... Because I had some of those things I was hanging on to with religion and some of those things, those fears with my family of how they really viewed me. And it just didn't, it just wasn't, that. that's what took me down the unhealthy path, right? Mm-hmm. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with me choosing not to be Mormon anymore. Mm-hmm. It had everything to do with the fact that I didn't know what I really valued anymore. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to untangle that ball of yarn.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Um, so it was a coping. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a coping mechanism, right? It's like, it, it was, again, that. That energy that went towards religion, I had to put it towards something mm-hmm, else, mm-hmm. and that and it and it just was, um, you know, that's the path I chose.
0: Yeah. For. So, how long was your recovery process?
1: So, um, it was you know I went to treatment, and that this was three years ago. I went I went mm-hmm. into treatment and uh, was there for about forty days, and with with all the little steps involved. And then I did a, a six month, um, like I was there pretty much every day after work type of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then to, uh, until today, yeah, you know, it's been almost three years and it's been, uh, I mean, obviously life changing. Um, no I kidding. got so much of my life back and um, I was so lucky. Like I, I sat through, those classes and i were through the sessions and and i I met people there and i'm just like man i did not lose what you lost Mm. you know so i was really lucky um and whatever something someone was watching out for me yeah you know so i do believe that and i don't know who it was but doesn't really matter (laughs) <laughs> there maybe one I'm day will maybe, maybe not yeah, yeah maybe one day i will i mean that i'm just grateful for it yeah. because i get to be now you know
0: well and we i asked a little bit with if you have a relationship with god now and and you really you don't no right? not,
1: no i mean i don't pray i don't i don't really visualize that there's a god somewhere mm-hmm. you know um i do believe that we somehow move on mm-hmm. from this life like I mean, I can't help but fail my mom in my life, you know, and, and just so there's, there's something there. I don't know if it's an intelligence. I don't know if it's a spirit. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it, we move on. I think we're, I believe that I'm the greatest creation in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like imperfect as I am. Yeah. So if I'm the greatest creation in the world, I got to stick around somehow. Yeah. I don't know how, but I have to.
0: How long ago did your mom pass? nine years ago oh yeah? yeah so around the same time you met your wife eight,
1: sorry eight years ago so, okay, she, so she could because she met because my daughter was born and then she passed a couple oh,
0: months after yeah. i'm sorry i didn't know that
1: yeah yeah i know it's, uh, it's hard to it lose was a her parent time. she was sick so. mm. but um but yeah i so i do there's something bigger than me or bigger than i don't know if it's bigger than me it's just it's, out there. It's out there, you know, and somehow we live on. I don't, I, I believe that, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't, like I said, I, my daughter asked me the question. Part of the reason why I took this opportunity was I thought, man, I, I haven't really thought through all that because I have been okay just accepting with doing where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But she starts, she's starting to ask questions and she wants to go to church and because her friends go to church and her cousins go to church and church isn't a bad thing yeah. for a lot of people, you know, and so. I've just, I haven't had the greatest answers for her. And so I wanted to have the opportunity to just talk through it and think mm-hmm. through it and, you know, and hear, share other experiences with people. And it kind of was a catalyst for me to listen to some more of your podcasts and to, you know, so it was, it's, it was all healthy and good.
0: So. Well, and I love too with how we share our stories with each other. And it kind of gives that comfort of knowing, okay, i I'm not alone. So this is why I love that you're sharing this this perspective of your story that's not been shared on this podcast before i think it's it's beautiful and will touch people um that resonate with this and like I was sharing with you before i mean i had a relationship with god but more in a there's a source i would i would identify with source yeah but when i said yes to doing this podcast i had no idea it would literally catapult me into oh you you get to now have a very personal relationship with god so it's funny that that's what my journey has been and and a little bit of like you're saying your your daughter out of the mouths of babes is what you said (laughs) before we started recording which is think is a beautiful thing and you know now you're asking yourself that question of what do I really what I what do I really think which those are those are really what propel us to gaining more knowledge right yeah of asking those questions yeah and what do I really feel about this yeah I think that's beautiful
1: yeah I think it's a I mean it's a question that not being tethered to religion helps you ask mm-hmm. even more yeah, in a agreed. lot of ways, you know, so that for for me, religion was, it. they were boundaries that I needed at that point in my life, mm-hmm. um, but it did tie me, it did tether me or tie me down to a, a, a set of beliefs that, that I wasn't really encouraged to think outside of.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: So, For and sure. now I'm not tethered by that and I can think about it and work through it in my head and, you know, so, yeah, yeah. it's kind of refreshing.
0: No yeah. kidding. <laughs> so, what's the relationship with your family now?
1: Um, Really good. I mean, the, I well, I'm not going to like, so my dad and I, he has such a close relationship with the church mm-hmm. and he, and it's admirable. I mean, the church saved his life when he was a kid hmm. um, so I do not fault him at all but it is a little challenging and we've talked about it like for me to navigate like he relates to everybody through the church yeah. and so that's his filter yeah and so that it's that we're, we're working through that but he's such a for for an old man he's he's really good at he's really he good You can't be
0: that old because we're not that old right
1: I mean he's in his 40s now you know <laughs> <laughs> so, so.
0: Right? When we used to think that was old.
1: Oh, yeah. So he's really good at, you know, just changing and, and being open to c- criticism or to, you oh, know, like. Um, so we're working on things. I and mean, he was a therapist growing Like, that's what he did. And he, he gets it. Like, and um, But, yeah, I mean, my brother and I just went on a great backpacking trip together. Like, we had oh, time okay, to just okay. hang out. I have great relationships with my sisters. It's It all worked out. Um, it just took time. To mm-hmm. you, you know, and and I was even talking to my brother. His best friends going through this right now, and mm-hmm. they're having a hard time. And it's just like it's tough, you mm-hmm. know. It's like you now see something through a lens. Or y- he even expressed it. I put I have to fit you in this framework, mm-hmm. and I just challenged. Him. I said, you don't have to fit me in the framework. You're choosing to fit me in that framework because that's what you know. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to fit me in this framework because the truth is, is I'm doing the same thing to you. Or if I do the same thing to you, we're it's going to be really hard to make to make a relationship work. But if we can just work out, if we can only apply that framework to just ourselves, Mm -hmm. and then let other people be who they want to be, I think that those connections really open up and make a lot of space for that. You know, so um, so we've we've got a good relationship, but it you know it took time, it took time for sure. Uh, My wife's family's all they all have long since left the church so yeah.
0: <laughs> you're telling me a little bit about that <laughs> yeah, but, well that's so, nice and that way you don't have to deal with it over there
1: you know it's part of what attracted me to her family right yeah, it was it just be refreshing yeah it was a safe space for me yeah. um um you know that that was easy mm-hmm. uh, that was an easy relationship to to foster so but yeah everybody seems to be good but it did take a few years and i think part of me just addressing like the alcoholism and that isolation that i created. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing that fixed it. It was nothing to do with me changing my beliefs on religion. It had everything to do with me dropping my walls mm-hmm. and just letting them back in. Yeah. That's that's it's on me. It was always on me.
0: So really coming from more of a place of love and yeah. acceptance for yourself and Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and just being and being willing to let them Appreciate me for who I was yeah. to, or who I am today versus, yeah. you know, back then. So,
0: you know, as you're talking about that, um, your brother making that comment of trying to fit you into this, whatever he called it framework con- or yeah, construct. Framework. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do think that that is such an interesting thing that, you know, and, and we can all. Relate to this because I remember being in young women's and having an activity where we were in the culture hall and it was dark and we were supposed to follow the iron rod. Oh, and yeah. so you had the people that were there that were distracting you. You know, I can't, how many times did we, were we taught this as far as not going off the path, not going astray and narrow is the, narrow is the gate, straight is the way, that kind of mentality. Yeah. So if this is part of the construct of what we're taught when we're in our youth. And now, going through it, it's a narrow vision that really it's no fault of anybody's because this is just what's been this, been taught, yeah. and really, um, it has been programmed in. I mean, our brains are program you know programmable with anything, not just religion with anything, and this has just been a part through hymns, through all sorts of things that's just programmed in. So it's no wonder that he would make that comment because. That is straight as the way, narrow as the path. Yep. This is the way that they're taught. That's what their beliefs are. So then how, if I widen my vision or if I start asking the questions, then I will stray off the path. I will not have that narrow vision anymore. And then it starts bumping up right against, wait a minute, what, what is truth? And yeah. so I think it's really cool that you guys had that conversation, but it kind of made me think a little bit about that. Of, I'm always fascinated with, um, with the way, the reason why certain individuals behave the way that they do, and especially in a construct like this where we're talking about religion, yeah, it's really no fault of their own in no. some ways until they start having things like you coming in that make them question of, wait a second, this isn't working, and here's my brother that I love, so can I can I shift the way that I'm
1: thinking? Yeah, I think I heard it on one of your other podcasts. Um, something, somebody said, it might have been you that said it, but like, that a big part of the challenge is just when they real when they're talking to somebody that's left religion that they love they have to question their own beliefs mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's that is super challenging and so in that conversation it's just a challenge right like he has to question now is my framework not correct mm-hmm. but that's kind of where like your framework maybe is correct for you like maybe that's the path that works for you but it, it doesn't mean it has to work for everybody else right mm-hmm. and so I would personally Rather not be on that straight and narrow path. I would rather be lost and in the wilderness, <laughs> admitting that I know I'm lost, mm-hmm. um, than denying and saying that I know something that I never really knew. Yeah, I, I'm more okay with just that. Yeah. you know, it's just it's okay for me to be lost for a little mm-hmm. bit. It's okay for me to navigate because how many times we're all lost at some point in our lives mm-hmm. or multiple points in our life. Mm-hmm. And if we panic, that's when you do stupid things. So I'm okay, just trying to figure it out. Yeah, like that's that. That was for me a big piece of accepting myself was just mm-hmm. understanding that that
0: one well, that has to feel more genuine, and authentic to who you are instead of saying you're believing something that doesn't feel true to who you are.
1: Yeah, for sure, it yeah. does. Um, and yeah, that, that being able to express that and allows me to tell a story that doesn't. Feed my ego, right? Because and what I mean by that is, like, I will I would often tell the story that I wanted people to hear because I wanted them to view me as righteous or as like Mm -hmm. a high achieving person or whatever it was. But just being able to say this is just where I'm at, you know. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's freeing.
0: No kidding. yeah. Yeah, that is freeing. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So I love your story. I think it's beautiful, and I'm sure there's a lot more in there. Um, and you had your, it's not, it's not, it's boxing. It was boxing, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And you're
0: going to try and do another match.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I did, um, I was, I grew up like, I don't know what you remember of high school days, but I grew up thinking I was tough as nails. Like I would go to the weight room. I was always lifting weights. I do remember this. Strong guy. Yeah. But I was terrified to get punched. I was (laughs) terrified of confrontation. Like everybody should be afraid to get punched because getting punched hurts. But like, I was afraid of confrontation, and so for some reason, as I was coming through recovery, um, boxing just rang true to me. It yeah. was like, man, that's a challenge that I'm going to face. Something that I'm just afraid of, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not something like going to a weight room that's comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So I started boxing. And there was girls there kicking my ass, and it was like super uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I I loved it. Yeah. And so yeah, so I I grabbed onto that and I had my took my first match and um and then I didn't win. Uh, I this time. This time, right? But I learned a ton and I'm uh yeah, so we're looking for our next one now. So it, I mean, it's just amateur stuff, but it's fun and it's it's so it it was I did a race, a Spartan race like shortly after that and it was the most physically grueling thing I've ever done the th- literally just 3 minutes in the ring was the most mentally grueling mm. thing i've ever done for and that 3 minutes gets extended it's like when you're a kid and you're waiting for christmas and all the angst building up like there's so much that your mind where your mind goes like in the process of the camp and build up and there's so much mental energy that goes into that mm. um wow,
0: that's super so, interesting
1: so yeah i get i get chatty about that oh yeah. i love that <laughs> in fact i had
0: um one of my daughters like on the volleyball team I was sitting next to one of the moms and I was her arms are super buff and I'm like all right what are you doing and she boxes oh yeah, yeah. and she goes yeah I'd much rather get in the ring with a guy because the guys will go um the girls have more anger she said so really when the don't. girls box with each other versus she's like I'd much rather go box with a guy <laughs> because anyway I just thought it was really interesting and she was sharing some of it and how much she loves it
1: yeah anyway
0: you yeah. may know her I can't anyway but yeah that is that's really fascinating that's more mental because i don't know that i would have thought that
1: yeah i didn't that wasn't the initial reason why i did it but yeah. i just didn't realize how mental of a game it was really and yeah. and um, even just from the standpoint of challenging yourself mm-hmm. right because we get as you ex- do these extreme exercises if you get to a point where the physical challenge is not the challenge right it's really about Doing something that mentally you don't think you can do anymore—that's mm-hmm. where the like the growth occurs. And so, boxing was that for me, yeah. it had, or it had that in it. Yeah, so, that's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll see how how
0: know, the next one goes. How the next one I'll goes. Be watching. Okay. I'll follow. I
1: love it. <laughs> I put it off a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll just put it down. there. Yeah, time to get started again. Well, this was—I did that. That was my next thing. I said I mentioned earlier, like I have to have a next thing, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this was one of my next things. After we started communicating, I'm like this is one of my next yeah. things. Like I've got to do this to help me grow. And then now it's like I basically have until the end of today to find my next thing. It's the oh. way my brain works. Yeah. So I try So not- are
0: you finding your next thing by something that makes you feel uncomfortable or you're afraid of and you lean in? Yes. I think that's beautiful. That's something that is one of my philosophies. If something triggers me or makes me uncomfortable, I know that's my indicator to lean in.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's from Frozen too.
0: Oh, is this really where you, I mean, that's yes. not where I, the reason why Anna I do that. song,
1: she sings about do the next right thing.
0: Oh. When
1: it when it's tough. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a really good I love it. song.
0: Are you going to sing it for us
1: now? I will not sing it because I like <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> but you can look it up. It's on the internet. I, I,
0: I think I can kind of remember that song. Oh, I yeah. think that's but awesome. But it
1: hit me when I was like, that's what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes life gets tough. So just do the next right thing. Uh-huh.
0: It, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I love it. I think one of the things that's fascinating to me about your story is the people that I've known that have, sh- have gone through recovery, part of the recovery process is God, is it not? Like yeah. Like the 12 steps?
1: For sure, yeah. The 12-step program it is. Yeah. And
0: so it's fascinating to me because, again, and and my... The people that I know that have had recovery issues are not, I don't know a ton. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I do know, they do have a pretty strong relationship with God because that was part of the recovery process. So it's fascinating to me that you don't.
1: Yeah, they so I again those somebody was watching out for me, right? Yeah. So when 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 those guys pulled me out of my truck and and said you need help,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't actually arrange to go to treatment. They had arranged it and they didn't know, they had no clue what the premise of the treatment center that I went to was, but it was more of a Buddhist approach. Oh, cool. So it was, you know, accept everything and just learn Mm -hmm. what works for you. And so it just really, when I got there, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is the place for me, you know, and I, I just, I didn't have to try to for something that I wasn't, was never going to work for me.
0: Well, really, if it was fit as if it had a foundation in God, it probably would have been another trigger. Yeah.
1: It wouldn't have worked. I I would have, I would have resisted at that point in my life. I mean, maybe now I could, but I could deal with it and navigate around it. But Hmm. yeah, so that was a big, and there's actually groups out there for people in recovery that don't focus on the 12 steps that are highly effective, proven methods, right? Uh-huh. of doing it. Well, at least as proven and effective as those ones. Recovery is not a great statistical thing. So.
0: so I'm sitting here and giggling a little bit to myself because if I remember correctly, the guy that came up with the 12 steps actually came up with the 12 steps yeah. when he was on, he was tripping on something.
1: I, I've Am heard I? some stories. It, it,
0: Which I think is so <laughs> comical. It makes me
1: giggle. I'm the, like... it. It was hard for me because... It's a program that's extremely rigid, that has got involved. There's one book that you read and live by uh-huh. that was written by one man. It
0: that rang a little it. too true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Smith, too familiar. Anybody. Yeah, so.
0: Well, and Joseph anyway. Yeah. I mean, this could be <laughs> you a know whole where, other yeah, conversation. But you, you see
1: the parallel, though, right? Like but he, I
0: did think it was so funny that he was tripping on something when he received this, that it's like, yeah, you know, and it works for people. And that's I think that that's beautiful.
1: Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Mormonism works for right, people or just exactly. like whatever religion works for people. So yeah, um, that's why. Interesting
0: I, it, parallels. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> was. So, but for
1: me, it was just like, because eh, I had actually tried to go to an AA meeting. Yeah. Like I, I snuck out, left work one day and like went to one. And it was just like,
0: not man, for you. I'm not
1: liking this. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Oh, that's super cool. It was Buddhism. If you had to summarize like the, the very foundational piece of the Buddhism and Buddhism, Ideal ideology in that would it have been love
1: or it would acceptance? Be acceptance? Acceptance, yeah, it would be acceptance, yeah, and then I don't know if, yeah, acceptance. Um, and probably if you read, if you've, read, you know, are you familiar with the four agreements? Mm-hmm. I never actually read it. Yeah. But the principles of the four agreements are what what they used oh, okay. as an underlying um, principle yeah. or principles for the. So. Do you
0: remember all four?
1: Um, be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. uh, no, impeccable with your word. Uh-huh. Uh, do right
0: on, unto others. Do,
1: yeah. I mean,.
0: I'll have to post it in the show notes for people who aren't familiar with it. I'm trying to remember; it's been a while since I read it. I, but they're they're great agreements. They
1: are, yeah. yeah. And then, and I, I know there's some follow ups to that book, and um, but um, but yeah, it was it was that. And then I it, Eckhart Tolle was one that I really liked. Um, I do love him. That that got me through that, and, was, and I still you know yeah New Earth, and I still like that.
0: Have you ever series. read anything by Michael Singer?
1: I don't think I have.
0: Okay. For those that are listening, um, in fact, I just had a client yesterday that was struggling with some of this yarn piece that you're talking about and the ability to kind of let go. And Michael Singer has written a stunning book, The Surrender Experiment. Most people know his other book, The Untethered Soul. Mm, yeah, um, but I'm that. just going to put that out there as a resource since this is just coming up in the conversation. I'll put it in the show notes for anybody yeah. that's struggling a little bit with letting go and just surrendering. Because that's right. You're taking this leap of faith in a sense and just letting go. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not sure what's going to happen.
1: I, I, yeah. And for me, the new earth was great that way. I think oh, it's the yeah. new earth, right? Because he talks about like, this doesn't have to replace your religion. It just opens your mind of how you know, being conscious of things and, and what's going on within you, yeah. right? And so... Yeah, I'll, I mean, use yeah. the resources you have. No
0: kidding. And there's yes. so many, there's so it's many so, out there. It,
1: But that's part of the deterrent. Almost is that it gets overwhelmed. You're right. You know, and so let's yeah. try to find one or two that works for you for you and hold on to them. I, you know, yeah, anyways, for was, sure. That was good for
0: me. So, is there anything else you'd love to share from your with your story? Mm. Anything else that feels important to you to share?
1: No, I mean, I just well. Yeah, I guess just kind of to summarize that like m- just more about like don't don't let um as you're going through this process, don't kick people out of your life that you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Like think about it, you know, and um and be aware of of try try your best to be aware of, you know, you're we we all do things for our own selfish motives, right? Mm-hmm. And for our ego or whatever yeah. it is, and try to be aware of what is happening, which what things you're doing that are ego driven, versus what things you're doing for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And for for your own health and wellness, and, um, and you're you're gonna have both of them. Mm-hmm. They're all they're both okay. They're just part of life, right? Yeah. But if you can identify those and kind of separate them in your head then it can help you navigate those relationships moving forward because you may realize that you're cutting this relationship off simply because of your ego Mm -hmm. or because, you know, it's, it's the easy way out or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, the, the connections we make in this life can last for who knows how long. Yeah. And so to sever them over something that may just wind up being a blink of the eye, hopefully for, for, you know, people, um, is, uh, I don't think it's worth it if yeah. you can avoid it.
0: Well, especially that acceptance piece, right? Like when you we get to a point to where we're accepting of ourselves and where we are in our path, then we can also do that for others. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful piece to bring in for sure. With what you're saying, yeah, awesome, so, yeah. Oh, well, cool. Well, I appreciate you being here and yeah, leaning in yeah. and having this be one of the next things. <laughs> Hopefully you'll find your next thing by the end of today. Yeah, the
1: next right thing.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: I'll, I'll listen to the song on the way up here. I'll listen <laughs> to it on the way <laughs>
0: Is that your pre-fight song? I'm sure uh, it's y- not.
1: We y- were well, yeah.
0: <laughs> like Trevor, what do you listen to to get amped up for a fight? And you're like, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, I have to get calmed down before a fight. So it would have been a good one. Maybe I should have done that. I <laughs> would have been like smarter. Like
0: Anna and anyway, yeah,
1: Anna and Elsa, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like you know, from
0: Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: I see how it is I have an eight year old girl so it's okay I'm a girl dad right uh-huh. <laughs>
0: so. yes we will use that as your experience. <laughs> yes.
1: I yeah. love it yeah. awesome all anything right. else no just, no just thanks for thanks for letting me be on and talking oh, to me through this yeah Yeah. it's good it's it's good for me to exercise this muscle as frequently as I can yeah So you and me both yeah for sure
0: well thank you so much All right. sending you all so much love Thank you so much for joining the conversation today and joining me with Trevor, who had such a beautiful story to share. And I was so grateful that he came in and shared his heart with all of us. Next week, I will be interviewing Jessie Funk, who, if you have heard anything about her, she was kind of like Mormon royalty, and I really enjoyed that interview. So make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the podcast that you're aware when new episodes drop every Wednesday. Like and subscribe and leave me a review, please, and share this podcast with your friends. I continue to get feedback with how beneficial this has been, to listen to other people's stories and the tools and the wisdom that everyone is sharing. So if you could leave me a review, share this with your friends, I would highly appreciate it. Also make sure to head over to my website again to check out what is upcoming and follow me on social media, amanda.joy.loveland on Instagram or amandajoyloveland on Facebook. I hope you all have such a wonderful day and remember you are not alone.